0: All right, so, well, like I said in uh, the thing for Johnny's blog was that mechanical pencils aren't bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hello, and welcome to episode 97 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Johnny Gamber on hosting duties, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Andy Wellfleigh. I didn't leave Tim out because we're not friends anymore or because we kicked him off the show for having that sexy beard. Tim is traveling, <laughs> and he just told us he's kind of sick, so Tim's not going to join us tonight. But we had already booked a fantastic guest, Vivian Wagner, poet, artist, and teacher. How is everyone doing tonight? Great. Very Happy good. To be
0: here. Hi, Vivian. Hi. It's <laughs> strange, because I'm always just listening to your podcast, and now I'm on
3: it. <laughs> You are. Okay casting
1: the pod.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we've gotten a lot of requests through the four years that we've been making this podcast to talk about mechanical pencils. But Ugh. the three of us, yeah, we're not we're not uh, <laughs> authorities on that. And so tonight we're going to talk about mechanical pencils as tools used by someone who usually uses wooden pencils. So um, if you're a member of our Facebook group and you're totally familiar with Vivian and how she uses everything, including lately mechanical (laughs) pencils, with um, (laughs) soft leads, which are really cool. So I'm going to jump right in into our newly abbreviated Tools of the Trade. Do you want to go first, Vivian, since you're our guest?
0: Sure. Um, Well, I'm reading a book called The Art of Game Design by Jesse Schell. It's sort of a textbook, uh, but it's really fascinating. I've gotten interested in game design lately. I've been playing games, especially solo games, and I've been interested in the structure of games. Uh, So I started reading this uh, book, and I'm finding it has a lot to do not just with games, but with any kind of writing, Hmm. um, world-building, interactive storytelling. It's really fascinating.
3: Do they um, do partly, they focus on like digital games, like video games, or is it or just any kind of game, like board games and you know story? It's applicable. Story
0: games. Yeah. So he he does focus in some parts on video games, but it's he makes it clear that everything he talks about is applicable to any kind of game, so hmm. board games, card games, uh, role playing games. So yeah, it's all. Very apply- and in fact, the reason I started reading it is I am, I've gotten interested in writing about and teaching choose-your own adventure books, mm. and I started thinking of those as games, um, and so I started reading this book and just got fascinated by the whole thing. In fact, now I'm thinking I want to design actually design a game now that I'm reading the textbook on it. I think hmm. Yeah. So. That's one book I'm reading. I'm loving that. It also comes with this card deck, which is kind of cool. The Art of Game Design cards. So you can use these cards to remind you of certain points that he makes. You can play certain games with the cards or use them to analyze your game. Or <laughs> It's just a lot of fun. Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: and I'm also reading, so related to that, I'm reading a book that I'm teaching in the fall. So I'm teaching an introduction to literature class in the fall. And one of the things I've been realizing with my introductory literature classes is most of my students don't really like to read, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I've been thinking about ways of making, like, tricking them into reading or, or something <laughs> like that. So, I mean, the thing I realized is that they don't necessarily like to sit down and read a long book, but they're they're playing video games, they're playing even board games, they're doing lots of other things that are storytelling or interpreting and participating in stories. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I found this book uh, called Romeo and or Juliet. It's a new novel, choose your own adventure novel by Ryan North. Um, he's a Canadian writer and computer programmer. And this is a choose your own adventure retelling of Romeo and and Juliet by Shakespeare. Oh,
2: that's interesting. <laughs> that's and cool. it's
0: so fun. It's really strange, and there's hundreds of different pathways through the book, and uh, you can—he has them marks so you can follow the the Shakespearean pathway. But then there's all these other ones, and some of them just end right away with like. Juliet makes a certain choice, and then she, so she then she gets married to some guy that's not Romeo, <laughs> and then <laughs> the end, or someone dies, or it's just like there's all these different intricate interrelated pathways. It's just all very funny and strange, and uh, it's just a good book. Uh, even in the parts that are Shakespearean, it's uh, sort of retold in this modern day language. So I'm going to be teaching that in the fall and, and teaching all sorts of other adaptations of Romeo and Juliet and hoping that maybe some of that gets them interested. In fact, I got a board game that's a Romeo and Juliet board game I'm thinking of playing in my class as well. Hmm. So those are two things I've been reading. And also, I just started watching a science fiction a series on it's I'm watching it on Amazon prime. It was originally created by sci-fi channel. Um, it's called the expanse.
3: I've heard a lot and, of good things about this.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really good. I heard about it on a podcast called geeks guide to the galaxy, which is a science fiction fantasy podcast that wired.com produces. Um, and David, uh, Curtly and David Barr Curtly hosts it, and he was talking about it for a few different episodes. And he was wanting to save it because Sci-Fi Channel was canceling it. And after three uh, seasons, and just recently, just a few days ago, Amazon Prime announced that it would pick it up for a fourth season and produce it. So it's going to continue. But I'm in the first season still, just a few episodes in, and it's really cool. It's kind of a near future, a couple hundred years in the future when humans have colonized all of the solar system um, and there's a uh, earth earthers and then there's this mars colony that's kind of militant and there's these sort of people in the middle in the asteroid belt and a series space station and they're kind of there's just it's just a really smart science fiction series that's uh about politics and class and race and like just really good, and good science, and uh, it's just really smart. So I'm, I'm loving that series.
1: Hmm.
0: It starts a little slow the first episode or two, but, but it, it, gets, it gets better. So Beautiful. I recommend that. Okay. And I'm supposed to talk about what I'm writing with, right?
3: Yeah, what you're writing with and writing on.
0: So I am using my Bic Atlantis 0.5 millimeter uh, mechanical pencil with Pilot Neox 4B lead. And I'm using a Baron Fig train of thought. Oh,
3: nice. Yeah. Love those. I like it.
0: Yeah. I, I like everything Baron Fig paper-wise. And so I'm on my third train of thought and mm. just loving it. <laughs>
1: Well,
3: um what am I what am I consuming? I um just started on the recommendation of a friend of mine um uh who I hung out with at that conference in Minneapolis. Uh there's a podcast called 20,000 Hertz um which is a little bit like that 99% Invisible podcast that I really love except about audio yeah. and sound. Um so they they had a we were we were deep just like talking about the, the whole phenomenon of ASMR videos and people who like will, you know, brush their microphone with a makeup brush and they'll like sharpen pencils <laughs> into the microphone and just like make those sounds that give people like the like the little tingle down their back.
0: The heebie jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> like they like you crinkle paper and. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've heard some of those.
3: It's a whole genre. And I I don't even remember how I like like learned about it. Like I I don't watch this because like i'm super into asmr but i'm just like really interested in that it is such a thing um and so they unpack that a little bit in this this podcast um they talk about that they had a um a thing recently about how um like your phone can can like be picking up and sending data over like ultrasound um ultrasound communications which is interesting um Yeah. yeah so i'm just just starting to get into that um also, this past weekend we went to go see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary called RBG. Yeah, um, that looks awesome. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah,
0: that does look good.
3: Um, I posted this in the in the group, but there was um, we we now know what pencil uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uses um, to edit her uh, her writing, and that would be a Palomino Blackwing six hundred two. Um, there's Ooh. a super clear shot of it in the. Uh, um, in one of the scenes. So I got a, I snuck up a, a Saw picture. The picture. Yeah. I snuck a picture in the auditorium and just hoping that nobody was watching me. Um, Pirate. Yeah. Pirate. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: you can sell it now.
3: Exactly. But yeah, it was fantastic. She's yeah, such a, such an interesting person. Um, I'm actually really excited. I hope next, next time we talk, I can talk about the uh, Mr. Rogers documentary, which is coming to the same theater in a couple weeks. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So, excellent. Another good one. And I am writing. Um, I'll talk about both of these a little bit later. But I'm writing in my my vunda books notebook, um, as per what Johnny talked about last week, uh, with a uh, with a pen. Actually, with a new Baron Fig pen. Which no Ooh. no no spoilers here.
2: Oh, actually, <laughs> okay. Johnny, how about you? Cool. So I finally saw the post, which everyone in the world saw but me, and I didn't like it.
3: By the post, you, you mean the, um, yeah, the Academy Award-nominated film about a newspaper. Yeah, with Glenn Close and Tom
2: Hanks Glenn and Close. other famous folks. Glenn Close Not Glenn Close. Oh, my goodness. Meryl Streep. I always mix them up. <laughs> How dare you? And they, don't, and they, they don't look anything alike. <laughs> and I, I don't like Glenn Close. <laughs> Just, it reminds me of a nun I had in school. <laughs> <laughs> Glossing over that. So, yeah, I didn't... I. I figured like, you know, this is going to be like all the president's men about writing and have a lot of stationary porn. And it had like a few pencils. And I guess somebody wrote at some point in the movie, but I didn't know what the movie was really supposed to be about. So at the end, it was, it ended. And I was like, oh, it's over. OK. And I feel like this was like the footnote to a film that should have been made about the New York Times.
1: <laughs>
3: well, yeah, there was a film by the New York Times. It was called All the President's Men, right? No, that was about the, po-
1: the no, post. No, that's about the post. Oh, you're
3: right. That's about the post. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was later.
2: Watergate. Yeah. yeah, they ended this movie right as um, All the President's Men started.
1: Yeah. Uh, that scene
2: with the tape on the doorknob.
3: Which I thought was a really interesting yeah. decision because it's like the unofficial prequel or whatever, right? Like,
2: Yeah, the, I'm, the whole time I'm like, I'm like okay. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. I mean, I think I'm alone in not liking it. So this isn't a discouragement to folks um I, I just read a book called stranger in the woods about um the north woods her or, i'm sorry the north pond hermit in maine do you guys remember this came out a few years ago mm-hmm. there was this guy who dropped out for 27 years and just stole food and clothes from people
1: oh yeah
2: yeah it was so the i forgot the guy's name the guy who wrote it was sort of shamed out of journalism because he committed some journalistic sins and i guess he just thought he could write a book and. Get back in, which apparently worked, because it's out in paperback now too. But um, the hmm. the hermit guy, Chris Knight, called Thoreau a dilettante, like left a bad taste in my mouth because I love mm. Thoreau, and he wasn't yeah. a dil- well, he was a dilettante, but so was this guy. More you know, jeans that he stole from people. But um, <laughs> it was it was it was a cool book. It's a really interesting story, and through a lot of it, you're like, yeah, I want to do that, and then you're like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and like, so what happened died, to right?
0: that? guy did he come back into society so
2: he committed like a thousand larcenies or acts of larceny and then he got caught and he's like yeah I did it and he admitted to everything so um, he was in jail for like six months because they raised his bond and then he stayed in jail for another week after his trial and they let him go but you know that's like prison to him now he's not in the woods
1: yeah yeah, but it, oh, it
2: it's, it's a quick read. It's a cool book. It would actually make a really good movie if it was done well, but it probably would be done badly and be worse than The Post. Mm.
1: <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> yeah, so and I thought I'd round it out with a piece of music because Tim's not here and he always talks about the interesting music he listens to. there is a new album out by the Scottish techno pop band Churches with a V called Love is Dead, is which it, is...
3: Aren't they called Chiverches?
2: <laughs> no, apparently they did this to, <laughs> so, to show up in internet searches better, <laughs> which totally works. You're working just, on their oh, SEO again. It's them. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it's like really melancholic and super '80s-ish and like aggressively pop. It's really good. It's on, you know, Spotify and Pandora and all those things now. And courtesy of uh, Vivian, I have 4B lead in my Kurotoga. Mechanical pencil that I'm writing with Which is like writing with an always sharp black wing Which is really cool (laughs) In a Write Notepads Goldfield book Which is also super dreamy paper So like my writing tonight is very happy And dark Mm. and smooth and wonderful Nice (laughs) Super dreamy So shall we jump into Fresh points Before we get to grill on mechanical pleasures Sure Do you want to go first again Vivian?
0: Okay um, so I belong to this Facebook group called colored pencils for beginners and beyond, and they have a bi-monthly challenge and their monthly bi-monthly challenge for May and June is to draw a picture with graphite and colored pencil, hmm. which is interesting because you usually don't use those together. Uh, graphite sort of muddies the, the colored pencil and they just don't but, but I uh, decided to try a, a Stabilo 8008 Aquarellable, so it's a water-soluble graphite pencil. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was really fun to use for this. And then I used uh, Derwent um, uh, Graphitent pencils, which are new to me, too. They're a mixture of graphite and color, a little bit of color inside them. Um and hmm. I think a couple other things, but that was mainly what I used with that drawing. I drew some foxgloves so, that were in my garden.
3: So wait, what, what do those Graphitin pencils feel like then? they're You're saying they're mostly graphite, but with a little bit of color in them.
0: Yeah, they actually huh. feel more like just really muted um, colored pencils. I yeah. I can't, they don't feel graphite to me, but they uh, have really subdued colors. Like I'm looking at them here. One is... I just got a little six pack of them. But like I have slate green and cool brown and port and ivy. Very English countryside kind of colors. Um, they're really interesting, and and you can use them with or without water, just like any water soluble thing. but uh, huh.
3: That reminds me a yeah. lot of those um, the pens you can get called the, like they they're called like BLX pens or something. They have like oh yes yeah they have like a green black and a brown black and a red black. They're yeah. rollerballs. Yeah. Huh. I thought they look yeah, some these of these are, up.
0: Yeah, the Derwent Graffitin are fun to use. They're not all that light fast from what I've read. Um, so that's something to consider. But they're they're really nice to use and they mm. I just feel very English-y when I'm using them. <laughs> they're made in <laughs> England. <laughs> They say England on them, and it just feels like I don't know. You have to draw like a landscape with them, or like rabbits,
1: hares,
0: and the moors, or something.
3: (laughs) That's Derwent. They're uh, they're situated right where graphite was first discovered.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So it was fun for this challenge to to play around with graphite and color mixing that, and so I I submitted one of some foxgloves in my garden, and um, that turned out nicely. And I guess my only other fresh point is I just got in the mail these uh, new Baron Fig Computer World notebooks. I don't remember if you've talked about them on the podcast before.
3: We did just the Probably. last episode.
0: Yeah, but anyway, I'm enjoying those. I really like the designs and I like that there are different parts of this landscape, like software skies, hardware fields, mm-hmm. data valley. And they're just I and I do I think Johnny had said the the lines and dots weren't so overbearing, and I, I agree. I think they're nice. I'm going to use them.
3: Have you figured out a and way to use the um, use the lined, the numbered lines?
0: Uh, I'll probably just write. <laughs> <laughs> i uh, you know, I I, I could, I guess, I might use them for lists. They look kind of good for lists. Uh, I don't really bullet journal, but I make a lot of lists, so I might play with around with that for them. Yeah. But they're designed to be like computer coding, which is interesting, this partnership with Code Academy, which got me looking at Code Academy because I think one of the things I would like to learn how to do is code.
3: When um, you When you make your own video game, then you know, right, you'll be able to use that.
0: Right. Yeah. And actually, I've been learning that like the, the process of coding is similar to any other. It's basically just a decision tree kind of thinking. So hmm. you can use it for other kinds of narratives too. And I didn't realize they come with stickers, so I got these cool stickers. Hmm, which which will be fun. So those are my fresh points.
3: Yeah. Well, um, my uh, my first fresh point is um, really cool. It came out, I think, like the day after we recorded um, last time. But um, it is the the new Baron Fig Squire, um, which Mm. I it's 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 beautiful. It's it's orange. Uh, it has black ink in it. It has this like really interesting like like sci-fi theme to it, and I think that the part that is most interesting to me and probably most of our listeners, it is uh, it was a collaboration with one of our friends, um, Harry Marks, who has is the host of the Covered podcast and is um, just a really talented writer, and he's also uh, co-editing. Um, plumbago issue four with me so he wrote a um short science fiction story to accompany the pen that kind of starts off on the uh, really beautiful packaging for the squire uh, and kind of finishes up on the website so um it's nothing like nothing amazing as far as the performance of this pen goes it's just another squire but it's it it is a beautiful orange and i know i'm up for the orange fanatics among us which i know that there are a lot um I think Brad Doughty, Brad Doughty is a, is a big orange fan. Um, this is something that everybody will really love. So yeah, go out and check out, I think they still have some in stock. They do as of the recording time, which is May 30th. Um, they still have a bunch in stock. So, uh, definitely go check that out and at least go to the website and read Harry's story. Um, it's super good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Harry's, Harry's fantastic. And then he also was on their podcast. Um, the Eureka podcast um, that they do, just talking about the story and about himself and all of his projects. I'll have a link to all that in show notes. Um, So kind of following up what I talked about before and also of Johnny's Fresh Points last week, I was just enamored with the look of these Wonder Books, um, which are produced by um, a guy who was... um, Johnny was he an intern or an apprentice at Write Um, I
2: don't know. I think he was an intern. He designed their last round of stickers, like where one is an oil can. Yeah, They're really, really cool looking. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's a stand-up comic too, which is cool.
3: Yeah. So I, I so I know a uh, a friend of mine is a a um, aspiring stand-up comic, and so I, um, I thought that was a perf- perfect excuse to buy the like stand-up comedy notebook that he sells um where you can just kind of like plan your sets and record your jokes so i bought that i took a bunch of pictures and tried it out a little bit and i also bought the uh, wonder books one which is the butcher extra blue paper with the like uh that thing where you just like i don't even know what to say like perforate there's like a perforated pull tab on it that you use to open it um really beautiful notebooks Really unwieldy. <laughs> the, the the way the cover is situated, like it's really hard when you're like trying to use it. The string that you use to like clasp the cover close is just sort of like hanging there. Um, and also the yeah, it just it it doesn't lay very well in your hand. Um, and also the for me, I don't write very big, so the the dot grid on the inside is pretty wide and pretty far apart. Uh, paper seems to be fine, and i of course love his design and the stamps that he 's using and and the the butcher paper that he 's he 's using um so it's it 's gorgeous i'm i 'm really looking forward to see what he does next um, but yeah this this is just a little i don 't know a little too much, but I do have to say that pulling apart that um that pull tab was very satisfying <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I cut mine off with a pocket knife because I was afraid I would mess it up. <laughs> Well, I, um, so it, it came wrapped in, like sealed in this like vellum paper, like a, almost like a wax paper. Uh, I had this little like pull string on it to open it, but I broke the string before I had a chance to like unseal it. So I did have to like, you know, tear that part open. But, the but for me, the, the pull tab worked <laughs> just fine. I tried to get some of Every it on yeah, video so I could turn it into a GIF, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> I like I really like the idea of these journals for uh stand up comics. I think it's neat to have journals that are for specific purposes with like prompts and yeah. organized in some way. I really I think like almost any profession could use that.
3: Absolutely. It, it's almost like like I know a lot of places have like little scout books with um a template for like rating beer or wine or something in it. Cigars. Right. right. Um, and I, I love like structured content like that, but sometimes, yeah. and I don't know if this is the case with the standup comedy, but there's like a really fine line between being like, like useful and too prescriptive. So, right. Yeah. And if
0: it's too prescriptive, sometimes I'd be afraid to even use it.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> mess. I wouldn't want to mess it up.
3: So I guess, yeah, I, I have never considered being a stand up comic. So like, I don't know, like the process that goes into storyboarding <laughs> that out, but um, yeah, my, my friend who I gave it to seemed to be into it. So yeah. Um, something like the, like the barren fake computer world, for example, like that's, that's something that is like pretty st- like structured, but it's not getting like really, really structured and in depth. They're just sort of like, like seems like they've struck an interesting balance there, even though it's for a use case that I think that like most of us probably won't use it for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last fresh point. Um, I wanted to mention that. Um, so we are recording this on July, on May thirtieth. I'm hoping to get this published by May thirty first, which means you will have twenty four hours if you listen to this right away to submit to issue four of Plumbago. After that, we won't be taking new submissions. Um, so yeah, if you if you have that, uh, if you have just an idea of something, even even just like a half formed idea, just pitch it to me and and we'll uh, we'll talk it through. Um, somebody I have, <laughs> I have heard lots from, uh, in the submission process is our guest today. Vivian is <laughs> going to be all over this issue, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in fact, you had a couple, uh, a few different poems that you're going to run. And I was wondering if you would be willing, willing to read one of them.
1: Sure.
0: I could yeah. do that. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I could read one called inventory of tools. Uh, Let me pull this up here. On my desk, jars of pencils with colored leads, purple and pink, yellow and orange, wait to become sunsets and birds, trees and flowers, doodles beside poems, scratches in the interstices of morning pages and shopping lists. I don't hold much sacred, but these I do. And my many-hued pens, trays of paints, stacks of paper, water brushes and inks, the more the world's destroyed, the more these tools shimmer with promise, twist with hope.
3: Ah, I love that.
0: <laughs>
3: Thank you for reading that. It's
2: awesome.
0: Sure.
3: If uh it yeah, that feels feels very Mary Oliver, like in a like not in a der- mm. derivative way, but like in a like the way you're describing yeah, things. Yeah,
0: I uh, love Mary Oliver.
3: Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And thanks for putting these in. I (laughs) just love Plumbago, and I'm excited to see this new issue.
3: Yeah. We're, um, right now I'm, I'm working with our, our super secret mystery cover page designer on trying to like find the right combination of like paper stock and, um, and design. So it's a really, it's a really fun part of the process. Yeah. Johnny, how about your, how about your fresh points?
2: So our friends at Barry and Fig also have a new notebook out called Atomic, which is an apprentice, which they used to make as the, um, their pocket notebook. Hmm. So do you have do either of you have these in hand? Mine is on or its way. still too yeah. new. Yeah, I don't yeah. have them in hand yet, but I'm drooling over them on the website. They're baby blue and they're so pretty. Yeah. Ooh. With sort of that um, spirally atomic look that our friend Lenora says is not what an atom looks like.
0: <laughs> but, it's a model
2: Yeah, uh, I majored in philosophy and I've never seen an atom so <laughs> I'm just going to go with what this says but um, yeah their, uh, that was sort of their limited edition thing before they had their subscriptions was that they had different versions of The Apprentice which is I think the first thing I ever bought from Baron Fig so this oh. was super exciting and Dot Grid which is like their perfect paper I think Mhm. Yeah, I think I have all of the apprentices, and I have an unopened pack of the Path River Grass one that mm. came out in '15, but I have no idea where it is. But I know I have it because <laughs> I bought two, and one was never used. So either Charlotte took it, or it's around here somewhere. But yeah, I'm excited to get these. these. This this color is like
3: yum yum. They they don't do um yeah limited edition pockets very often. I I wonder like if the larger vanguards, like the computer world size ones, are just are they more popular or I would think that these these little pocket notebooks ones would be – I'm using an, an Apprentice right now, in fact.
2: Like, yeah, they're really nice. Yeah. And, I mean, it's been so mm. long that um, – I mean, I hope I'm not trash-talking Baron Fig because I really like Baron Fig. The last time I did an Apprentice, their quality control was still, you know, finding yeah. its place, whereas now it's – Yeah, the perfect. stitching was off a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm excited to see this because the computer world notebooks look look like they were made by a computer. They're like absolutely perfectly cut, perfectly stitched, looking oh so fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about this, yeah. and I hope this means they're going to do some more.
1: I that really great.
3: W- I really wish they would experiment with cover stock, like like not necessarily like a butcher blue like French paper company stock, but you know they. They have really gorgeous designs, but I, they always have like that, that pebbled texture. And I, I would love it if they like you know branched out from there a little bit.
1: Hmm.
2: I haven't even yeah. thought of that.
3: Yeah. I'm glad that they're
2: going back to putting some of the, um, the vanguards in boxes because that's really cool. It's another chance for a cool design. Yeah. They did, well, they've only done it twice with Computer World and the Black Box, Black Box which um, is they have- really cool. That's my
3: favorite. Oh no! I guess Train of Thought didn't come in a box, did it? Uh, no, no.
2: That no, just came it had a, a
0: wrap, uh, like a band around it.
3: Yeah,
2: that's right. And Portal would have been an easy, easy uh, fit. They could have made a, you know, geometric box. Those were really cool books too.
0: Yeah. yeah, and they could use foil or something.
2: Like win-win. Yeah, I, I literally have no idea how they keep up with their own schedule. <laughs> but it's really impressive. Yeah. even if they have one that I'm not crazy about, I can appreciate that it's still pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, the Most, pen, you know, I don't like use just, a lot of pens.
3: Okay?
0: Mostly, I just love their paper. I mean, I would buy whole reams of their paper yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they just sold that.
3: Yeah. You know, somebody, did, did you guys catch in the group, uh, I don't remember who posted it, but somebody was wanting to know if they can buy essentially a blank paperback. They really love yeah. paperback paper that. for writing. And I was like, that's really interesting. I have no idea where one gets that paper.
0: Yeah, we were talking. I posted some things. I think the closest thing would be these newsprint notebooks or notebooks that have that mm. kind of rough recycled paper in them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's exactly what they were wanting.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I, uh,
3: I think okay. Baron Fig, Fig should release... And in addition where they use that paper and just have it like be called like paperback writer. And
1: oh good
0: idea. <laughs> you know, or dime novel. That would have been a good paper to that's use in dime novel. To yeah, yeah. That's
3: true. Dime novels are
2: a little <laughs> bit too fancy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they
2: used like sheets of cardboard in that book. <laughs> that
0: was thick yeah. paper. Yeah, what? yeah. It's nice. So um
2: Andy, did you get your Paperblanks pencil case. Did <laughs> I it didn't... find its way to you yet?
3: It has not. It is. Um, it went from Vancouver, where uh, Wade from Paperblanks is, uh, and made it to my address, but in Philadelphia. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I don't exactly know what happened to it from there. But eventually, it's it's supposed to make its way to me. It just has not okay, yet. Okay. Well. Yeah.
2: I'll hold off on. No, you should so talk we'll talk about it. it. Yeah. So, um, Paperblanks, who you know makes really really gorgeous notebooks. They make pencil boxes now, and they only have three or four designs, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, the one I picked is called, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. All right. Where is it? Safidid? S A F A V I D. Hmm. It sort of looks like old leather with gold inlay and some sort of like blue glass. It's so pretty. But so these boxes are made of you know, they're similar to their cover materials for their books and they open up and they will hold an unsharpened black wing. Okay. If you take out the little tray, if you put the tray in, you really can't fit anything that's unsharpened. Yeah. But they're just, they're really pretty. You can fold them back on themselves. The branding of course is really understated. It's like inside on one flap, it says paper blanks black on black.
3: Okay. So here, here's my, here's my criticism of paper blanks. Like, is the branding understated or is the design overstated? Because it's always a little, <laughs> little over the top. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, they do
2: have really nice paper though. I like the yeah, paper a that's lot. True. Pencil, it's, I, um, it's wonderful with a Wopex.
3: Yeah, saying. you know, you know that. Uh, <laughs> just keep, uh, keep beating that dead horse, Johnny. No, <laughs> <just kidding. laughs>
2: it is. I use Wopex in mine. You know that I uh, filled up half of one.
3: So paper blanks and paper O are the same company. Um, yeah. So it's like paper O, oh, I, I think I like better because it's like a little bit, I don't, like minimal isn't the right word, but it's a little bit more like understated and geometric, I guess. But yeah, yeah they, it's it, like, you could, really
2: you, nice. you could mistake it for something else. Paper blanks is paper blanks.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They do, they do those really interesting um, magnetic closures. That I've never bought a book where I didn't have to glue the magnet when I got it. But then it worked fine. Like, the hinges are good. So mm-hmm. The magnets fall off themselves for some reason.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they're actually surprisingly durable for how pretty they are, too. So yeah, I and mean, and it's cool that folks are branching out into pencil and pen storage. Seems like most brands have something yeah. going on. He says, except Baron Fig, they don't have a pencil case. <laughs> hmm. Hint hint. <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: Actually, if they made one Like this that had the cover material from a confidant. That would be pretty fantastic.
1: Mm,
2: And it would get really dirty and look really, really good.
0: (laughs) Maybe it could be like one of those books that are cut out on the inside and you can store secret things. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. That would be awesome. They could call it the Shawshank.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Totally. You can uh, like bring in pencils secretly. (laughs) Nobody would know.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. So I only have one more fresh point that actually has absolutely nothing to do with pencils or stationery, but I feel like something could be analog adjacent if it's old fashionedy y That would be Nerf guns. <laughs> so um, we had a Nerf war at a cookout that I was at two weeks ago, so then I might have bought five Nerf guns um, <laughs> just, just for maybe. a cookout that was this past weekend. So it's really fun because kids like run around outside the gamber arms race, yeah I blame uh my my friend and his kids for showing me how fun they are. They <laughs> actually do hurt now they have a nice welt, and Ooh. you know now there's the internet, so you can buy different springs and you can look up <laughs> you YouTube can mod your Nerf gun. how to modify them, <laughs> yeah, I modded it one of mine, and it hurts really badly now, so I don't yeah. want my kids to touch it, but you know then. <laughs> I'm like, well, am I doing something cool because now my kids want to run around outside, or am I teaching them that shooting stuff is funny? So <laughs> it's I one think of those great parent debates. So hard, yeah. I'm like, you can't shoot a kid, you can't shoot an animal, and if someone says stop, you have to stop. I'm like, so therefore, they basically can't play. <laughs> you are taking away because the fun because they can of only it. shoot grown ups, and grown ups going to say stop, and that's the end.
1: So
2: <laughs> the kids actually got bored. It was really just grown ups and um, my friend's son. He was on my team until he shot me in the back, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i mean i suppose you could modify one to shoot pencils and then Ooh. it would make more sense to mention then that it that
0: would be more dangerous
2: oh uh, yeah
3: you're hack wing some nerf guns shoot somebody at the wool packs it's almost as bad as like a like a 30 out six those things are heavy yeah. the gun would blow up in your face yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: so should we jump into our main topic yeah sure. mechanical pleasures So, we have, as we usually do, a cool list of, or hopefully cool list of questions to ask our guests, and, you know, we're casual and loose. (laughs) So, to start with, I suppose we should have done this earlier in the episode, but Vivian, can you talk to us a little about your background, and what sort of creative and professional work you do?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm from California originally. I
3: Where in California?
0: I grew up in the mountains north of Los Angeles a couple hours drive. Hmm. And my parents designed missiles on a top secret Navy base out in the desert.
1: Oh, wow. So, really?
0: That's yeah. Crazy. I, <laughs> I went to high school on, on that ba- by that base. And uh, then I uh, went to college at UC Irvine. And or got my bachelor's in English, and then came out to Ohio because I wanted to experience something else, and got my master's at uh, Ohio State, and got a PhD at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign,
3: oh, home of uh, Michael Hagan and Jason peterson
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been fun hearing them talk about it. So I specialized when I for my PhD I focused on uh, modern uh, American literature and popular culture. And I wrote my dissertation on westerns and utopian novels and various early science fiction novels. Uh, And I also studied critical theory and uh, other kinds of things. But after I got my PhD, I worked for a few years when my kids were small as a freelance writer doing that full time. Um, And I still do a lot of freelance writing. I do a lot of business and uh, technology reporting and, uh, some technical writing. Um, but I was hired here at Muskingum University, which is a small liberal arts college in a village called New Concord, Ohio. I was hired here in 2003 and I teach English. Um, I teach a lot of composition and introduction to literature and some modern American literature and some journalism, journalism ethics and, uh, public relations writing and hmm. a few other things like that. So that's, that's what I teach. Um, I do a lot of a kind of range of writing. I do creative nonfiction writing. I published the book a few years ago on learning how to, or trying to learn how to play fiddle. Um, and I written recently, I've been doing more poetry and I do a lot of uh, creative nonfiction essays and some fiction recently. Um, Yeah. And still some journalism. Um, So I do some uh, feature writing and various kinds of stories. I do a lot of book reviewing too. So that's uh, what I do here. I'm fascinated with popular culture particularly. And lately I've been, like I said, reading about games and doing some writing about uh, randomness and improvisation and games. I kind of have a book idea that's brewing. I have a sabbatical coming up in the spring, next spring. So I'm kind of starting to do some research for that.
3: Very cool. Huh. So, so within all that, um, how do pencils and other, other analog tools of creation fit into that work?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I journal regularly. I'm a big fan of free writing and I do morning pages every morning which is uh, Julia Cameron's idea of writing three pages of just whatever is on your mind in the morning. And so I do that. And I often I do that. Usually I do that with pencils. Uh, and I do a lot of other writing and doodling and stuff with pencils. I annotate my books with pencils. Um, and I also do a lot of art. The last couple of years I've been doing more art. So I uh, do colored pencil work and watercolor and some ink drawing Um, yeah so all of that is stuff I use analog tools for I I also love fountain pens um, and ink and I like uh, I have a retro 51 pen with a Schmidt Easy Flow 9000 cartridge in it that I really love I love my Pilot Vanishing Points with the Roshizuku ink Uh, so I, I, I have a few things that I use all the time. I, I'm not really a collector or an investor in these things. I I get something and I like it and then I just use it all the time. Uh, so that's what I I do. A lot of other, I have a lot of other analog loves too, I guess. I mean, I still play violin and I love instrumental, just playing music, Mm. um, I like watches. (laughs) I realized over Christmas that I have like 20 different watches that were in various states of disrepair. My boyfriend helped me. (laughs) We kind of worked on fixing them up. And then I started giving them out to my kids and their friends. And so I've kind of gotten more into my watch collection lately. (laughs) Hmm. But I like doing word puzzles, crossword puzzles, and other word puzzles. Uh, I use pencils for that. And I write letters, or I try to. I sometimes get behind on my correspondence, but I like sending postcards and letters. And board games recently. That's, (laughs) uh, I guess, analog. I've been playing a lot of solo games and card games.
3: You're not somebody who is bored.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm always doing something new. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of ten things at once, too.
2: So, of all of the you know mediums or media that you like, what was it that made you like pencils specifically? Like, what got you into pencils?
0: Um, I like the feel of them. I guess it was only recently, the last couple of years. I guess when I started using colored pencils, I started hearing in some of those groups about the Erasable Podcast, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of, of them. So
0: I joined. I think before I started listening to the podcast, group, uh, podcast, I joined the Facebook group. And then I very quickly discovered Blackwing pencils. And I was like, ah, oh, these are wonderful, especially just the basic MMX soft core. And so I started using those all the time for drawing and writing. Um, before then, I didn't really realize there were special pencils in the world. And so I, I usually used pens before that. Um, but yeah, that was a couple of years ago now. And now I use them all the time. Uh, I mean, I always did, I guess I always had a pencil on hand to annotate books because I never really felt comfortable writing with pen in books, but I like to write in books. Um, but it, they didn't become something I wrote with regularly until the last couple years. But now I love them.
3: Hmm. Um, so, so moving from pencils in general to uh, mechanical pencils, um, what yeah. made you want to just start exploring mechanical pencils as opposed to wooden ones? Was there something that was sort of like fundamentally interesting or appealing about it, or did you just sort of like slide into it because it was new and interesting?
0: Um, No, it was really just this past spring. I was just one day in my college bookstore and looking at the stationary items and seeing what was there, and I saw these uh, Bic Atlantis uh, um, .5 millimeter mechanical pencils They had Um, and I've always liked big Atlantis pens that was actually what I used to use all the time before I started discovering other writing utensils so I thought well I'll try a packet of those and I brought them back to my office and started playing with them and I thought wow this really isn't bad I like the feel of it and I like that I don't have to sharpen it um, and I could write. I can do my free writing with, without having to stop and sharpen. And even the Bic lead that it, the original one came with wasn't so bad. I, I kind of liked the feel of the Bic lead. It was just an HB lead. It's made in France. Um, but I thought, oh, this is nice. And so I went back and bought all the ones that they had there, a couple other packets. And I realized later when I was looking on Amazon and elsewhere that. These aren't really, it doesn't look like they're made anymore, so I'm happy I have a few packets to, hmm. to last me the next few years. Um, but then I started looking, I, I mean, the HB lead was my favorite, and so I, I read on the group, I guess, I heard people talking about darker mechanical pencil lead. So I ordered some 4B, I ordered the Pilot Neox 4B and the um, Uni uh, Nano Dia, um mm-hmm. 4B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Na- or dia-, nano- dia? dia, I guess. Yeah. Dia? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> it has. It's supposed to have like ground up diamonds in it, <laughs> uh, which gives it a certain hardness and unbreakability. So, uh, I I have both of those, and I really I like both of them equally. I, I like the pilot maybe slightly more. It's a little softer. Um, but so I loaded that up into these, and then, and then it quickly became this was became my go to pencil. This big Atlantis with the four B lead. I just. Love it! I use it all the time, and I journal with it in the morning. I use it for annotating books, and I, it's nice, especially to take around when I'm teaching and not at home with a sharpener right nearby. And so, yeah, so this has become my go-to pencil.
3: I sometimes forget that um, you know, Bic doesn't just make the the click mechanical pencil, which was my main experience with
0: right, mechanical pencils, <laughs> which is not good at all. Yeah. Right. These are totally different. I mean, these are shaped nicely. They're nice to hold. They're weighted nicely. Yeah, yeah they're totally different from the cheap, uh, Bic, well, I mean, the, the crummy Bic
1: yeah. <laughs> mechanical <laughs> pencils.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I I mean, I'm the kind of person that like when I find something I like, then I just start using it all the time. Like, you know, when you get an album and you just like listen to it all the time until you're sick of it, (laughs) (laughs) what I am. So like I'm in this, I don't know how long it will last, but right now I'm almost always using this, this, uh, Atlantis. (laughs) Awesome.
2: So what are some of your other favorite mechanical pencils?
0: Yeah. So I did start after I got those, I went on jet pens and started looking around and I got, um, an Oto sharp pencil that I like. It's made out of wood and it looks like a wooden pencil. Oh yeah. Um, and it has a nice feel and if you, especially putting sharp or the, the soft lead in it, it feels like a nice, uh, wooden pencil with soft lead. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it is the ferrule kind of, um, the eraser is a little loose in the ferrule. It started bugging me. So I put some little, a tape there to kind of tighten it up and it, it's fine now. So I, I use this.
3: That's what I've noticed with Oto. Oto? Oto? O, Oto? Um, like, they're they're designed really nice, but the manufacturing is always just, like, a little shoddy.
1: Yeah. I bought I would,
3: my sister a fountain pen that is kind of like that.
0: Yeah. I was kind of disappointed with that because I like everything else about the pencil. I like that it's wooden. But, yeah, I didn't really like that. Now it looks kind of crummy because it has this tape that I put there. But it... <laughs> It works all right, and it doesn't shake and rattle like it used to. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I also got these. I think after one of the Erasable episodes, Topher and was less on there. Can't remember who was talking about these uh, Twisby Junior Pagoda pencils. Mm. Um. They're new. These and there's a there's three different colors: white and like a tangerine and a blue. And I ordered all three of them, and they're really nice. They're point 0.5. Uh too, and they, they feel nice, so I've been using those too. Yeah. And I think the other one I like lately is this Pentel Champ. This one's actually 0.7 millimeter, but I like the feel of it. It's kind of got a weird grip section. All of these are just cheap mechanical pencils. I haven't gotten any really fancy ones, but these are those are ones that I've been using. One thing I will say, there's a, a, the big Atlantis 0.7 millimeter i also have that i just i don't like it as much as slightly thicker and i don't really like the thick lead and you can't get 0.7 lead in 4b so i'm not quite as fond of those
3: yeah so but they uh, are
0: still available
3: so so speaking of the the uh you know using softer leads um i think yeah. i I don't really think about using softer LEDs often because it just seems like it would just break super easily, right? Like, because it's so thin. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how using softer LEDs is different from, like, from standard LEDs, specifically in a mechanical pencil, and what your preferred brands and grades are generally?
0: Yeah. I mean, I f- I'm finding that this Pilot lead and the Uni LED really aren't breaking that much. I mean, if I really press hard, but because the lead's so soft, I don't have to press that hard to write, um, so I'm not breaking them that much. Uh, it, it depends on the, pa- I don't like the, I have the curry to, how do you say it? Curry toga?
3: Mm-hmm. Kuru toga.
0: Kuru toga. Yeah. I don't quite like it as much. I know it turns the lead and it's supposed to keep it sharp, but I don't know. Uh, that one maybe breaks a little bit more, but I, I haven't had much of a problem actually. Right with them with this breaking, especially with the, the for some reason maybe the big Atlantis just a, the way it holds it in there. Mm. I don't bring out too much at a time. The barren fig paper, which is my favorite paper, is pretty toothy and it does eat up the lead pretty quickly. But I I don't mind. I yeah. like it. And I click after the paragraphs. I have to click.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
3: I think I, I often when I use mechanical pencil, I think I just advance the the lead too far, and I know that like with like super thin lead, like a 0.2 millimeter, um, you're really not supposed to have that sticking out much past the, um, what do you call it, the metal tip, right?
0: Right, yeah, yeah. and I don't on these. It's just a little bit past enough to get it. I don't like it when it gets so close to it that you can feel the metal against the paper. That's yeah. a bad feeling. But just a little bit beyond that. So it's kind of, you finesse it, but you can, I can do it. What's, so what's, your,
3: what's your favorite widths? Of of lead. Uh, uh the
0: point five yeah, yeah, I like the 0.5, the the four b point five that's my favorite
3: four b 0.5. it's good to know
0: yeah
2: so on a completely different track, what <laughs> are some of your favorite wooden pencils
0: yeah, so well, I like the, the basic Blackwing MNX. Um, That's probably still my favorite go-to pencil. And I like the 73. Uh, I got a box of those, and I really like them. I mean, it's strange that, to think about these have the same core, and so I, I, I mostly like the core in those. But I like the feel of the 73. Um, and I like the 602 for some other things, and the 54. So I like the all those in fact, I haven't really found a black wing that I don't like. Uh, I also really like the Mitsubishi handwriting pencils in 4B, the darker ones. They're really nice and soft and buttery. They're better maybe for drawing. They do lose their point pretty quickly for writing, but they just feel so buttery and nice. Um I like the Tombow Mono 100 2Bs. I use those. The box of those I'm working through. Uh, I also really like uh, John Morris. Got these prayer pencils from Japan.
3: Oh yeah, I have a pack uh, of those.
0: Yeah. So during the spring, I was writing um, a prayer each day with those. Even though I'm, you know, I'm Buddhist and I don't really think in terms of, like traditional kind of prayers. But like I was writing what I called a prayer with the prayer pencil, and it felt kind of I don't know, it was like a meditative thing. And they, they're interesting. They feel a little bit like chopsticks hmm. <laughs> because they're square, um, but they have a nice feel in them. And I asked my son to translate. My son knows Japanese, and he was able to see. The, they have little sayings on them about focus and study and meditation. Um, I really like those. Yeah. And lately I've been playing around with these Stabilo, the Stabilo 8008. They're, they're called Aquarellable. They're water soluble graphite pencils so I've been playing around with those mostly for um painting um and like their water solubility but they're actually also fun to just write with they're kind of nice and dark they have an interesting feel so those are some that I've been using lately
3: hmm. so um for somebody who is a a wooden pencil purist like oh maybe some of the some of the people you're talking to right now for example Oh yeah um, <laughs> is there so when I, whenever I talk to people who are really into pens, um, I usually can land on a wooden pencil that's, like, you know, right for them. Like, people who are really into Sharpies like those big, thick um, koh i triograph pencils. People who are really into fountain yeah. pens often like a really nice long point, like 3B. Um, what, what is a mechanical pencil that would be really good for a wooden pencil purist, do you think?
0: mm well, you know that Oto uh, sharp pencil is nice because it does feel like a wooden pencil
1: mm. um, mm-hmm.
0: i that's the one that i would I would think of i'm it's not all that fancy and it does have that issue I mentioned, but it's the feel of it in the hand it's the closest to to holding a wooden pencil that makes sense of Any that I've tried yeah
3: yeah i'm I'm a big fan of the um the zebra number two pencils which are those little uh like four inch mechanical pencils that look like a regular pencil. Oh,
1: uh, that's
3: like yeah. a wooden yeah. pencil. Yeah. I like they're those they're a pretty lot. Adorable. They're they're just, just the right size. Um they yeah. they have like a metal ferrule and an eraser on the end of it, unlike you know some of the other um papermate pencils. Like that big crappy like plastic thing that they were like, this'll replace your wooden pencil.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh,
3: um yeah. so yeah the zebra number twos are a big a big favorite of mine
0: i like the little zebra pens i have a little mini pen yeah i use that with like pocket notebooks and it it folds up into this tiny little pen but it writes really nicely
1: yeah
2: cool awesome so moving on again i keep jumping (laughs) to new things um what are some of your favorite books maybe aside from bear and fig and or papers or you know things to write on that you like for different tasks and
0: various pursuits. Yeah. So we can't talk about Baron Fig anymore, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no,
1: no. no. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say Baron Fig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just use it so much. Yeah. Um, well, I've been, I found this really neat uh, site on Etsy called Printable Pineapple, um, and she creates interesting. Uh, templates for different kinds of notebooks and planners. So I've been carrying this traveler's notebook, an A5 size vegan traveler's notebook that I also got on Etsy. But I have, um, I carry the Baron Fig Vanguard in it, but then I print out these printable pineapples. I have a monthly planner and a daily task. Daily planner. Um, so I, I print those out and then I staple them and create my own notebooks. And I, I really it's love really the freedom cool. of that. Yeah, hmm. it's pretty neat. You can kind of customize. It. She's got lots of things like food um, and budget and like money, like various kinds of notebooks for di- different purposes. Uh, some of them are just dot grid or lines, but hmm. you can get like just for a few dollars. Is, this whole suite of you get these PDF files and you can print them. Um, So those are ones that I use every day, especially the daily tasks one. I really like that. I'm a big to-do list creator and I like the structure that she has on there uh, with uh, daily times and then daily to-do things and the top three things to do each day and then the rest of the things you want to do. Then she has things on there like how much you work out and I don't know other stuff that I how much water you drink I don't always fill all that out but But I like the lists so that's another one that I use every day and then I use a lot of other kinds of art paper so I really like fluid uh, watercolor uh, cold press blocks for doing watercolor and I enjoy using the Strathmore watercolor postcards I make little postcards when I travel or to send to people And I just started using a sketchbook from Lita Art Supply. It's pretty nice uh, paper, good for sketching, and takes a little bit of light watercolor. I do also really like, I I had a lot of field notes, but I I like a little bit of a bigger notebook. So I I gravitate more toward these A5 notebooks. But Mm -hmm. I like the field notes, a dime novel. And I've been writing science fiction stories in my dime novels. So
3: oh, that's <laughs> for some
0: reason nice. that's become what I do with those. So
3: what are your um what's kind of your preferred science fiction I don't want to say genre, but sort of like situation
1: um like well, spacey eventually... things or
3: dystopia things or
0: Well, I would say more. What I'm doing lately isn't pure science fiction. It's more like fabulist fiction, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I've been really interested in like retelling um, myths and fairy tales and folk tales in kind of in modern Mm -hmm. days. So like I I have a book of poems coming out called Curiosities that's uh, set like in Zanesville in rural Ohio, but it's like all these Greek figures from mythology or also I write from the point of view of various kind of mythological creatures that live <laughs> around Ohio <laughs> uh, like Bigfoot and Grassman and uh, this panther that's supposed to roam. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I do a lot of stuff like that. I guess it, that kind of stuff would be more um, fabulous fiction, speculative fiction. But some of the things I've been writing in dime novels, I, I was doing this whole series of just, it was uh, kind of stories told from the point of view of somebody on a ship, a journal that somebody was keeping on a spaceship. Hmm. So that's something I'm working on. I just sort of play around with this stuff. I'm not really primarily a fiction writer, but it's uh, kind of fun to, to take on different voices. I tend to write so much poetry and nonfiction from mine. It's all kind of by default, my own voice and it finding it's really fun to take on other voices and, Usually, those other creatures or people or have characteristics that are similar to me, but they're not me (laughs) exactly. And I think that's fun. So I'm kind of getting into that lately.
3: Nice. That's very cool.
0: Yeah.
1: So, do you have? Oh, and I guess the other thing.
0: Well, the other thing I've been using a lot of lately are note cards. Um, So I really Mm. like the Baron Fig Strategist note cards. And then I also ordered some of these. I've been using these Exacompta Bristol record cards from uh, Claire Fontaine. Um, Both of those are really nice. And I've always been a big note card user just as um, ever since graduate school, I would, as soon as I'd start a new book, I'd put an index card in it. And that's what I would keep my notes on. Uh, And I'm continuing to do that but playing around with these fancier note cards because what I realized was that note cards you can get, the index cards you can get like at Walmart or just like off the shelf are just terrible nowadays. (laughs) They're terrible. They're like barely more than just like paper. So I went on a search a few months back for Better index cards, and I found I like the Baron Fig ones and the Exacomta ones. They're both really nice, sturdy cards, and I've been thinking about using them for other things too. But uh, I use a lot, do a lot of note taking. Very cool.
2: Excellent. So, is, do you have anything else you want to mention about mechanical pencils that we didn't ask?
0: Um, I would just say keep an open mind about them. <laughs> I know there's a lot of. <laughs> hatred of mechanical pencils or
3: I mostly I just like to uh, pr- you know quote that chapter of um, how to I sharpen know. pencils. <laughs> chapter mostly, yeah mostly just just to be funny but I can't quote so it Charlotte it would does have to that be all the time.
0: <laughs> Can you say that word on here? Can we say what? The word that's in that chapter. <laughs>
3: um, yeah sure.
0: <laughs> Alright so well like I said in uh, the thing for Johnny's blog was that mechanical pencils aren't bullshit.
2: yeah i um sorry good took away harder hit it those um electric sharpeners anyway so yeah you know they're okay
0: yeah yeah everything has its place i mean i think of all these things just as tools i'm pretty eclectic i don't get stuck on well i guess i do get stuck on certain tools but i don't Worry so much about the tools once I find tools I like using. I'm more interested in what I or others are doing with these tools. Um, so if somebody likes to write with a wopex, I'm more interested in what they're writing than in the tool itself, you know.
3: Thank
2: you. Well,
3: they're
1: probably
3: probably just scribbling because I assume they're just illiterate.
0: That's cool. I have <laughs> to say I, I don't like Wopax. I got some wopex, and I ended up sending them to somebody in the group right away because I just didn't like them. So but somebody else is creating something interesting with them, I'm sure. So that's just fine.
3: Yeah. Cool.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So
2: do you would you mind reading another poem that's gonna be in Plumbago episode
3: or episode issue four?
0: Yes, I could do that. Let's see.
3: Or even two, if you want. You don't want to give them yeah. all away, Johnny. We've got to give a reason to, to buy, the, <laughs> buy the zine.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, I'll read this one called Mailing to Byzantium. So this is kind of echoing a Yeats poem, Sailing to Byzantium. Mm-hmm. But this is Mailing to Byzantium. It takes a while for the post office to figure out the whole mythical destination thing. Your letter might not arrive at all, and years later you'll get it back. The envelope stained and ripped, speaking of a long, mysterious journey through places you can only imagine. With this stamp, addressee unknown.
3: It's where my paper blanks, um, uh, pencil cases, right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it'll I be worth that. it when it shows up. They're very nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> love that. it it shows up in December, it'll be a Christmas present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on, baby. This was super
3: awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. This is fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I love your yeah. podcast. I feel like I am kind of part of the conversation each week, just listening to it. So oh, yeah. it's, it's fun just to be able to be part of it. Yeah.
3: No, you're so literally you. part of that conversation.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So, um, Can you tell our guests, our guests, oh my goodness, I'm off tonight, <laughs> our listeners where to find you on the internet and social media?
0: Sure. So I have a website. Uh, it's VivianWagner.net. And I'm on Facebook, Facebook slash Wagner. I'm on Twitter, though I don't really update Twitter very often. I think I'm VWagner on Twitter. So those are the, the places I, you might find me.
2: Awesome. How about
1: you,
3: Andy? I am on Twitter and uh, Instagram at at awealthly. Um, you can find my my blog um, at woodclinched.com or uh, more about me at andy.gold. How about you, Johnny? So I am
2: at pencilrevolution.com, and I am on Instagram and Twitter at pensolution. And we are the Erasable Podcast! Yay! Yay! You could find <laughs> us on on the web if you just you know Google pencil blog, or Pencil Podcast because we're the only one, or you can go to Erasable.us. This is episode ninety-seven, which is getting awesome. So this will be at, at Erasable.us/slash ninety-seven. You can check out our f- sort of adjacent to the podcast pencils all the time group on on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable or search for the erasable podcast pencil community and our facebook page is erasable.com slash erasable podcast which you can like for if we decide to make announcements so we don't usually do Uh, we're on twitter and instagram at erasable podcast thank you for listening and we'll see you on episode 98
3: The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain,
2: a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com.